Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Guys, a real guys talk, real sports, RSG, Renegade Radio. We are in the house tonight, and before we get into the proceedings this evening, allow me to say you could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with us. I am your host, Mark, the Game Changer, and one third of the illustrious three-man booth. Uh, we're about to get it started. We got another hot ninety minutes of funky sports radio for you all. Real Sports Guys is brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions. Frederick Accounting, yep. uh, Excel Academics. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to get all, all these 
on the rocks in Rockford, Illinois. Again, our man D. Wills has been working the streets, hitting the pavement, and finding uh, rising entrepreneurs who are also willing to invest in what we're trying to do here. They're coming up. We're catching them while they're coming up. They're catching us while we're coming up, and we're trying to build together. So shout-out to our sponsors. Again, that's Purchase Accounting, XL Academics, On the Rocks in Rockford, Illinois, and, of course, the OG, Resistance Digital Solutions. Shout-out to LR. <laughs> What's poppin', man? Before we get into everything, allow me to introduce the other two Thursdays, illustrious three-man booth. To my right tonight, I got my man, C.O.T. Sports P.A.G. What's happening, Captain? Brother, it's been a while. It's been a while um, since I've been able to hang out, okay, in my normal Tuesday evening slot. My my alarm on my iPhone has been going off the last six weeks, but then it will say cancel, you know. But I'm back into the slot. Had to do a whole lot of grown man stuff, specifically school, end of the semester stuff, but I'm here for the summer and moving forward. And And I'll leave you with this. LeBron James has played himself into the top ten of all-time conversation. I'll leave you with that. We've got to have that conversation. we had that conversation. We got into it a little bit over text last night in the midst of the game, and, and given you pointed out the comments that Mark Jackson made, um, and your feet must have been much further ahead than mine. Because <laughs> Mark Jackson said the comments, like, after we had had, like, you know, like a back and forth for about three minutes, me and Mark Jackson finally said, I was like, is he repeating himself? Because <laughs> 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 he told me he was going to say that already. <laughs> but we will get into that a little bit amongst the, uh, many other things that we have in store, in store for you all tonight. Uh, we have a special guest sitting in the left chair. Uh, hey. It, it, it's baseball season, and so, you know, we got to bring the inside the park guys out. You know, we bring them off the 15-day DL. You know, he's coming back healthy. You know, everything checked out. The, med, the doctors and checked him out. We got Hank in the house. Hank, how you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling great, man. It's been a long time since I've been on the air with you, Cat. You know, uh, I miss you all. You know, but I had to do my rehab session, you know, down in spring training. You know, I'm feeling like I'm in mid-season form. I got to get a roster spot back on the team someplace, somehow. You know, I'm hitting well. I'm throwing good. So, you know, it just feels good to be back out here with you cats again, man. I missed you very much, and, uh, you know, I'm just ready to get it started tonight. Hey, hey, I got man. one question for you. Being the baseball guy, are you clean? Will you test clean? <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. So look, 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 look. It all depends on what you're testing me for. I could probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Look, 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 oh look, yeah. Look, look, look. look, look. I can you know, right now. But look here, look here. I'm an amateur, see, and I can always have my performance enhanced as much as I like. You know, you understand? Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> that. <laughs> hey. Hey, no doubt, no doubt. The game was laid quite flat right there. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling, son. Let's keep this energy rolling. So we're going to get into uh, this portion of the show. We call the intro to let them know. This is where we drop everything that we had in store for you. Again, some of this we'll get to. Some of it we won't. We like to dig deep into topics. You know, we're not a soundbite type crew. Um, we like to give you a full plate of, of what we bring to the table. So we may get to some of we may get to all of this, we may get to just a little bit of it. But what we give you is gonna be quality. So, you know what I mean? You might get only this you might only get to the chicken, 
You know what I'm saying? You might not get to the pickings on the side. You might not get to the macaroni. You might not get to the to the black eyed peas. You know, you might not get to all of that because the chicken is so hearty. It's it's it's, it's gonna fill you up. All right. So what we get you is gonna fill you up, and you're gonna feel good after this 90 minutes with the real sports guys. So tonight in the this edition of the On the Rocks Funky Editorial, we're gonna talk about Mark Cuban and the comments he made uh, over the past week. Uh, and discussing some of his own prejudices um, and how that relates to the Donald Sterling situation uh, in the NBA. So we're going to get into that during the funky editorial. Uh, I know we all uh, have some opinions on that, so we're going to check that out uh, and step into that world and, and give you guys the RSG perspective. Again, the mainstream folks, the ESPNs, the CBS sports cats, you know, the Fox radio cats, they've had their chance to weigh in. Now you get the real from the real sports guys repping from a way different perspective, and we're going to give you that on that particular topic tonight. Then we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. Uh, you know, we got the two series going on. We're in the conference finals. we got the Western Conference finals. we got the Eastern Conference finals. We're going to dig into those two series. There's so much ground to cover with how those series have evolved and how things have played out. We're going to dig into all of that. Hit you off with the Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. Uh, and then we're going, to, we're going to start to talk a little baseball. Yeah, we're going to go inside the park. We have Hank in the house. We got PhD. Uh, we're going to have a little baseball talk for you all tonight. And then we're going to talk some football, uh, talk a little Johnny football in particular, some Michael Sam. Um, we haven't had a chance to weigh in on either of those particular topics yet. So hopefully we get to those. I got some real, real interesting takes on those two cats. Um, and then we're going to hit you off with the XL Academic Last Word. So that is the show for tonight. We're just going to. Uh, get it rolling like we always do about this time. I'm going to hit you off a little something, a little something like this. Fellas, the one thing we need to say, shall we say it, y'all? Melvin, Jimmy, Coleman, Ryan, say it. Everybody want to get funky one more time. Now, over the past week, Mark Cuban made some and well-discussed uh, comments um, with respect to his own personal prejudice in an interview that was broadcast um, last week. Now, you probably heard sound bites of the interview. Um, we won't go into all of that, but we will give you the gist of what Cuban's uh, message was. Uh, his message was that the NBA is entering uh, some pretty banking territory uh, as they move towards uh, – pushing Donald Sterling out of the league um, because it creates a slippery slope, um, given that all people harbor some form of prejudice. Uh, as owners, they need to be careful and tread lightly on how they uh, and the like. And so in, 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 in trying to lay out, um, he did it very properly. Uh, I was brought up, you know, a scenario in which He's walking down the street, and a black kid in a hoodie is going across to the other side of the street. There's a white guy with cats over his face, and then he crosses back in the highway. How he has his own prejudice, um, and so therefore, he lives in a glass house school with the cat stones. Um, he also went on to talk about how he uh, he felt that um, kind of uh, pushing folks with uh, outdated views, um, outdated perspectives on others 
whether it be gender, sexual orientation, or race, uh, was not the way to handle the situation. He felt it was more appropriate to try and offer education to those folks. Um, so those are his main perspectives. Um, I, w- I want to bring in you guys first before I uh, kind of dig in, and i got a lot to say on this. You know, I could probably carry this solo. But I want to bring you guys in, uh, in particular, PhD. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Cuban's comments overall? What, what, was the, what was the general gist of what he, where he was trying to go and what he was trying to say? How did you feel about it? Well, my, my initial thought is that he's being honest and he's not alone with his thoughts. Um, <clears throat> he's being honest and he's not alone in his thoughts. But then there's a whole other page to it um, that, you know, when you've been that African-American teenager walking around in a hoodie and people look at you differently, you know, it's it's a certain spot in my heart that, you know, goes towards, man, I wish things could be different. Um, and so in a lot of ways, I'm happy that he brought it up because it's generated a lot of good conversations around the topic. Um, you know, I think bringing it, the whole hoodie and the whole Trayvon Martin connection there was a very poor taste. And I think with that, it even sparked, um, it made the conversation even more touchier. Um, I, while I appreciate Cuban's honesty, I, uh, I wish we could get beyond, um, just the simple stereotypes and the simple, this is what I see and now I've got you all figured out. I, I know what I need to know because there's a certain percentage of people that do fit that profile and bam, you know, it's tough to to sit here and say that everybody in this group acts this way. I mean, it's just not tough. It's stupid. It's ignorant. Um, you know, had the context been, hey, you know, it's it's 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm walking down the street, I'm going to be on high alert for anybody. Okay, that makes sense. But when you sit here and say you're going to be a high alert for these two specific stereotype groups, what about everybody else? You know, everybody who's going to rob you in the middle of the night doesn't fit those two uh, stereotypical groups. So I had a lot of mixed feelings. I think at the end of the day I've come out saying that, he's, you know, he's being honest. He's saying, uh, he's saying what a lot of people feel. And, you know, I feel that everybody to one degree, to some extent to another, has um, stereotypes, um, certain prejudices. Um, you know, I... I think we all have those things. It just concerns me when we perpetuate the same stereotypes. It's like we're not advancing the conversation. We're not advancing um, what's possible. You know, even as a, you know, now as a man in my mid-30s, when I go to the mall, you know, coming from class and teaching, you know, it's much different if I'm coming from the mall working out, you know, or going to the mall from working out in terms of my attire. And, you know, I think that's something, like, I listened to Chris Carter on ESPN, Mike and Mike, the next day or two after this happened, and he brought up that example. And I'm sure many people were sitting in their car shaking their head like, yeah, I've been there. Um, I think it's a certain reality that, and this is what Cuban did as well, when he brings this stuff up, 
Like, there's a whole segment of people out there that don't have to deal with this that says, wow, that still happens. So it, I have very, very mixed feelings with it. Okay. Now, you covered a lot of ground right there. Um, you know, some points that you raised that definitely resonated with me um, was, was the the uh, the ill-fitted use of the Trayvon Martin analogy. And I know he apologized for that, which was absolutely the right move. Um, so I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, but it would definitely, definitely was, yeah, his subconscious was at play. Um, and I don't know if he did that on purpose. Subconscious was definitely at play. I appreciate his honesty um, in, in sharing his comments. Um, and, you know, I thought for the most part, there was some interesting commentary on the national scale that I did. I think he did spark uh, overall conversation amongst folks about their own prejudices. Um, and, again, once I lay my, my points out, I'll get into how I feel about that a little bit more later. But I just wanted to kind of really – I, I like what you, I like the, the, some of the things that you brought up there, Ph.D. Hank, I want to pull you in. You are probably on top of the whole situation with Cuban. What were some of your uh, – what, what were some of your feelings about what he said? Yeah, well, you know, again, just like with PhD, uh, you know, I appreciate his honesty, but to be honest with you, I wasn't surprised by what he said. I wasn't surprised about his prejudices. Um, the unfortunate thing is, I really get sick and tired of people saying, I'm, "I, I can't believe that 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 still goes on." Like it ever stopped? It never stopped. Okay, if you are a person of color, you have had this go on with you your entire life. Okay, now you want to throw in, you know, a person who's got a bunch of tattoos and that sort of thing. You know, and to me, they just got to sort of pacify the initial statement that he made about the hoodie. You know, because, see, when you, when you think about the whole thing, you know, so if you are a person of color, should you now be, you know, uh, fearful of, of, of some person, a white person? who now wears a long trench coat and colors their hair because they may go shoot up a school. I mean, that's the whole thing about it. I do understand that, you know, we all have our prejudices. You know, it, it, it's part of life. It's a part of your life experience. But having said that, you know, you, you, you know, you get tired of the same old thing. But I really get sick and tired of hearing that when you go to your ESPNs and, and those sort of stations, that everybody wants to act like they're so appalled that, you know, uh, this came out, or that what Donald Sterling said came out, you know, that something has to be done. It just frustrates me that, you know, get real. Don't act like, you know, that we are, you know, that, that society has, has, has all of a sudden made a 360-degree turn, because if you are a person of color, you know that that's not true. You know that you still get profiled. You know that all these things still go on. That's why you even have a Trayvon Martin situation in the first place. Okay, because someone profiles these young men for doing absolutely nothing. So when you hear billionaires come on and they try to be sincere about what they feel, to me, you know, uh, it, it's shallow. To me, it's very shallow because it's like, you know, you, you, you take something and say, oh, say, now in 2014 we've got to do something different than what we've done in the last 30, 40, 50 years, you know, but all of a sudden you still have the same uh, things going on. You still have those same prejudices still, you know, manifesting themselves in different ways. And then you still have that, what I call, classic outrage. And then it goes back again to somebody else say something else. 
you know, I know we're talking about the NBA, but help me understand how in 2014 you still have a professional football team called the Redskins. It's the same Thank old, same you. old. So, you know. Yeah, you, again, uh, that you, you just dropped jewels on the listeners out there. I mean, you broke it down um, in plain and simple terms. And that's what and, and that's what bugged me about the situation is the, is the naivety of uh, my man Mark Cuban making the comments that he made and in, in a very in a very uh slick kind of a way trying to justify um the prejudices. Now, you know, some comments that he made in in the particular uh, in his particular comments that I I'll kinda of go through. First, the analogy with Trayvon Martin. Now, I get it, you know, you got a kid, black kid, black man, whatever, in a hoodie um, and then on top of that, you got a guy across the street who looks, as he described him, as a skinhead. Um, now you're in a situation where you have these two characters, but ultimately the only thing they, Trayvon Martin, or the, 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 the black kid in the hoodie, a threat was the fact that he was black. The other guy had mm-hmm. a hat and a, a bald head. He, he made some choices around his appearance that made him look like a threat. <laughs> the other person did not make any choices. You know, he was just born black, and so that makes him automatically a threat. So I had an issue with that. You know, I had an issue with that analogy. As the more of the audio came out and heard the full audio, then I had an issue with the whole idea of, well, nobody's perfect. And that's what people got to understand. Nobody's asking you to be perfect. It's mm-hmm. exactly the opposite. We're asking you to acknowledge your imperfections and then deal with them. So, yes, you're not perfect. Yes, everybody has prejudices. You have prejudices based upon gender. You have prejudices based upon sexual orientation, upon the shoes people wear, upon how they wear their hat. You know, Colin Cowherd always talks about hat to the back guy. You know, there are prejudices on simple stuff. You know what I mean? But in the end, it is your job as a human being to acknowledge your own imperfections and that you make these dumb choices around how you judge people and do something about it and not act upon the fact that a black man is coming at you with a, with a hood on and cross the street, because that's just wrong. It's understandable, but it's wrong. You well, know what I'm saying? Go ahead. I just want to say it's very wrong, you know, and especially if that black man is walking across the street in a hoodie in February. He's going to be cold. I mean, what difference does it make? I mean, I'm trying to make light of right. it a little bit, but, but the thing about it is, is that, it's that it's that deep, it's that heavy, you know. And if you got any age on you out there, you know, some of these young people out there in their twenties and maybe some in your early thirties, maybe you didn't maybe you didn't see some of the stuff that that maybe your parents or your grandparents are talking about. But see, when you hear this stuff today, and you have somebody say you have the audacity to say, "Well, I'm appalled that this is still going on." Well, you should be appalled, but it but it's still going on. And, and it's still going on because folks like Mark Cuban still hold these prejudices. And they, it's not that they hold them, it's that they act upon them. You know, I could be at a nightclub, I could be kicking it with the fellas, and I could see a young lady dressed very provocatively. Now, at that moment, I could make some inferences it's for my own prejudice about how she's dressed, right? right? Now, at that point, i got a choice to make. I can act on those inferences or I cannot. Now, if I choose to act on those, then I'm the a-hole. 
then I'm the jerk. And that's on me. Right. It's wrong if I make that assumption. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that, that's the second piece of the whole situation I had an issue with. The third piece of the situation I had an issue with was this idea that we need to educate folks. Now, that's easy to say. That's easy to say when you're not the person being profiled, when you haven't spent your life every day dealing with how people perceive you and how people respond to you. When you haven't had to deal with that on a daily basis, it's easy to be like, oh, listen to the sensitivity training. But when you have to carry that burden on a daily basis, when that burden is thrown in your face, when you have to make sure, you know, as, as PhD laid out, if he's going to go into the mall and he's dressed a certain way, he has to be conscious of how people are perceiving him. He has to be conscious mm-hmm. of how people are reacting to how he walks, how he talks, so that he doesn't get put in a situation where somebody's viewing him wrong and they act upon that. See, that's the thing that Cuban neglected to really get into is that he acted upon that. You know what I mean? That's, not the, that's, that's where it becomes a problem. I don't care what you think in actuality. I really don't care what people think about me. It's when you act upon that. That's what got Trayvon Martin killed. If somebody mm-hmm. saw him a certain way and then they acted on it, that's where, the, that's where it becomes a real issue. And that's where it becomes I have no tolerance for that. Because as a human being, you've got to be able to check yourself. And it's not my responsibility as somebody who's just living to check how you view me and to educate you on how you should view me. That's something that you got to do. you got to take responsibility for that. you got to do that, on, that work yourself, you know, because if anybody needs to be feared, it's white billionaires. <laughs> hey, but, you know, they do things like take countries. <laughs> you feel me? They do things like buy out your block. <laughs> you know, they kick out your neighborhood. You know, they evict whole neighborhoods. They do real stuff. That's scary. Man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they, they poison your water, your water supply. You know, that's what rich bill, white billionaires do. And yet he's worried about and He's frightened about an African-American teenage, a 17-year-old with a hoodie on, just a hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Everybody should be scared of him, but he operates from a place of privilege. And, again, there are certain stereotypes that work and don't work. Being a white billionaire is cool even though they do some of the most, they commit some of the most atrocious things and have committed some of the most atrocious things historically and currently in our country and other countries across the globe. They should be feared more than anything, but yet for some reason a teenager who has brown skin with a hoodie on is so frightened that he needs to cross the street. Homeboy, the, 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 the hypothetical teenager should have grabbed his wallet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He should have grabbed his wallet because white billionaires want every dollar they can get their hands on. You feel me? Well, wait a minute. What about, what about this lie? What about this lie? If I'm if I walking down the street at 2 o'clock, Mark Cuban knows damn well he probably ain't walked in two years. You know, he probably he don't go. You know what I'm saying? Tell it. I'm Tell it. Somebody, Tell it. Somebody, somebody done, 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 you know, he done, he done drove. He, that man... He got his own drive through. I mean, he ain't even got to go to one. So how the hell he going to be walking in anybody's neighborhood at 2 o'clock in the morning? Let alone the same neighborhood as somebody with a black, uh, black kid with a hoodie on, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, give me a break on that one. For real. <laughs> I mean, so, you, I mean try to, when they try to break it down to real, well, you know, if, if I saw this, man, shut up. <laughs> Don't even say exactly. nothing like that to me. 
Exactly. <laughs> and the last piece I had an issue with was him trying to say that the reason Donald Sterling was being pushed out is because of his comments. And because of uh, mm. well, he was being pushed out solely on the merits of his comments alone. Listen, this is for a long time. I use the word racist. I'm not talking about he he has negative views of people of color. I'm talking about a racist. He does stuff based upon those views. That's racist, right? right? Having those opinions just makes you a bigot. You know, having those opinions just makes you a bigot. Dude has got cases <laughs> on him. You know what I mean? Civil rights suits, lawsuits. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's not that's not what got him being a racist is not what got him kicked out of the league or is getting him kicked out of the league. What getting him kicked out of the league is that his racism his racism cost the NBA money. And in the end, you can't cost the league money. You can be as racist as you want to be as long as don't nobody else know about it and our sponsors keep putting money in the coffers. Alright? When we pass around the plate, all as long as the sponsors is putting in, we good. Once you start messing up the money, you got to go. <laughs> well, wait a minute. What about this? If, 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 he wasn't put on, if he wasn't caught on tape, he wasn't caught on tape, he'd still be on the other clipping today. If he wasn't caught on tape. Exactly. He got caught on tape. There was going to be an outcry. Players didn't want to play for that team. You're right. <laughs> but if, but uh, exactly. if, somehow, if somehow that evidence would have been lost, there would have been no story. And and, and and lost in all of this, real sneak-like, real real cool on a slide tip, they kind of handled this situation real fast. Like right when the story came out, this, this it got handled real quick. Didn't nobody really catch it, but I caught it. Game changer caught it. Game changer be seeing. All right. The NAACP was going to get his fool an award. They were going to get Donald Story an award. Come on, California NAACP. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Y'all ain't got the internet. You know what I'm saying? No, I didn't. They, right. they ain't got the internet in California. The NAACP ain't got access to the internet. Y'all can look <laughs> this brother up before y'all decide to give this man an award. Come on now. That's like Zebra's giving the lion an award. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on now. This is just ridiculous. You know what I mean? Look that up. The NAACP was for the Guinness Fool on the War. And, and Donald Sterling was for the Guinness Award from the NAACP. Ain't that so? Wow. I said he was laughing the whole time. He didn't have the nerve to talk about Matthew Thompson. <laughs> so, I have to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Go for it. So, there is a part of me, there is a part of me that um, concerns me about the Donald Sterling piece, um, which may sound like it's pro-Donald Sterling. And I'll be the first one to say what he said in his comments in that hideous effort of a cover-up interview <laughs> just sickened me. It did. It did. Yeah, yeah. I will say Right. The people around him should be fired. I mean, how do you let that? Yeah. I mean, after two or three minutes of that interview, it, it's just you know what, uh, Mr. Stiller is certainly is not feeling well. We need to do this another time. That's what should happen, <laughs> right? But don't air any of that footage. 
<laughs> None of it. But, but, but here's the piece that concerns me, is that he was at home. He was in his living room. He was being recorded. Knowledge. Yeah, yeah, and I and I understand that it's not fair. I'm not saying it's fair, and I'm not saying it was a uh, it was uh, appropriate. But he's not being tried in court of law. He's being tried based upon a private enterprise. You know, some folks when it first happened, you know, some folks close to me were like, "Well, he has a First Amendment right." Well, yeah, your First Amendment just protects you from the government, bro. It don't protect you from you know if you were part of a private enterprise, man. You know, if I go into work talking crazy, or you know, if I if if my if if I do something on my free time that looks poorly upon the organization I work for, then I might get ousted, even though I was on my own time. You know what I mean? And so, you you put yourself in a situation when you work for a private entity where you know, again, this was bad for business in the end. It's not so much what he said, but it's the impact of what he said upon the bottom line of the business. And in the end, businesses work to protect the bottom line. And so if you're doing something that is negatively impacting the bottom line, it's going to get addressed. And I, that's pretty much any, any corporation, you, any organization you work for. If your behavior, whether it's in your home or, you know, in public or at your job, if it's negatively impacting that, that organization's <clears throat> ability to do their business, you gonna have to answer to somebody. Let me ask you so, this. Let me ask you this. You got you got you got uh, uh, employees that've been with the, the Clippers for a long time, like the Elgin Baylors of the world. Uh, just a question for you. How do you how do you go forward if you if you those kind of guys? If you uh, players of color or just employees of color, I, you probably heard a lot of this from Donald Sterling, but. I mean, how do you if you if you're one of them now? How do you how do you go forward with that? How do you go forward doing your job? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's difficult. Um, that's why I think that in the end the team has to be sold. Um, that's why in the end I think the team has to be sold. It has ownership has to take change hands because, and the NBA has to facilitate that sale. And this is why I say that is because it's sports. And sports is about competition. And what you would have is a segment of the population of humanity not wanting to work in this particular organization. You know what I'm saying? Black people, Latino people, not wanting to work for this particular organization. Um, And so in the end, when you're talking about the NBA, which is, you know, when you talk about the encore product, when you talk about the, the, the coaches at the ground level, it's the most diverse sports league in the United States. Um, and so, therefore, that particular organization, that particular franchise is going to be at a tremendous competitive disadvantage. Um, uh-huh. And for to sit in the second largest media market in the United States, um, that's not a good look for business. Um, so I think, you know, if I'm those folks, the ownership has to change. I can't work for this dude. Um you know, stuff goes left. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's how I feel. I don't want to make a dollar for this dude. That's how I would feel in the end. I can't – I'm not – and that's the other thing. I don't like when people say, well, the players should have done this, the players should have done that. I'm not the type to say, 
what another human, how another human being should handle when they got wrong. You know what I mean? You got to do it what, what works for you. You know, the way I'm going to handle it is not the way I expect anybody else to handle it. And so, you know, in the end, people got to do what they feel like is best for them and is best for their family. You know, for me, that's that's the age and, and wisdom that I've accrued over time coming through. As a 20-some-year-old, I'm like, oh, you got to do this, man. If you don't do this, you a sucker. You know what I mean? But having four kids and a mortgage and two car notes, and, you know what I'm saying, the cable bill and all this other stuff, it's like, really, is that what you really want to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to figure out how to handle that given your situation. You know what I mean? And so that's how I feel about it. I feel like the NBA has to has to force them to sell because, again, you're going to have employees. There are going to be some employees who stay, and there's going to be some good employees who walk away. In the end, the franchise is at a disadvantage as long as he's there because, they are not playing on the level playing field as everybody else because of the guy who owns the team. Mm-hmm. And as a competitive enterprise that is at its core value, your core the core value of sports is competition. And when competition gets compromised, whether it be through PEDs, whether it be through point shaving refs, or anything like that, that's when the foundation of of people being able to buy into it. If people can't buy into the authentic competition of it, they out. And so the NBA got to protect that. You know, they got to try and, and, and hold tight to that and uh, and, nurse, and, and nurture that. And so, you know, I, you know, as a player, you know, as long as he's running it, they're going to have a hard time um, getting in three minutes. Um, the guys that are under contract, some of them, if, 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 if I'm there and I feel a certain type of way about this, I, and, again, you can't – I can't say – how Chris Paul should feel about it. I can't say how Blake Griffin should feel about it because I don't know what their attachment is to the other people. This is one person within this organization. You know what I mean? There are other folks who they work with on a daily basis who are part of that organization, and I don't know what their emotional attachment to those people are. And to walk away from that, you know, it, it may be difficult for them. I don't, I don't know. Um I wouldn't blame them if they did, and I wouldn't blame them if they stayed. You know, each man has got to make their own situation, their own uh, own decision, their situation. But what I will say is, you know, again, people know about this cat for a minute. This isn't, you know, necessarily new. That would be my thing is that how much have you known in the past? You know, and then to me that would that would be kind of just my like, so you can't be that outraged, bro. <laughs> Right, you know what I mean? Like if I had to pick, a, if I had to pick an owner to say it, to say something crazy like that, I'd have picked Sterling first. Honestly, I'd have picked Sterling first just a little bit. I, I didn't even know the whole history of this dude. Just a little bit I've known about him. If I was gonna pick an owner, and I don't even, I probably know like six owners. He's one of them. And again, I know him for being uncouth, cheap, um, and really just not caring about the, the competitive product he puts on the floor. So if I was going to pick somebody to say something crazy, it would have been him or Cuban, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Well, you know, the only, thing, well, only benefit well, of the doubt I would have gave Cuban is that he's smart enough to know not to say that. Right. But, you know, Donald Sterling was, was already known to be one of the worst owners in the NBA anyway before this whole thing went down. You know, just one of the worst. I mean, all those years they had the first-round pick, and they never made the playoffs. I mean, they were terrible. Right. He was terrible. Right. Right. The PAV, 
what, what do you think about this, man? Um, so, so unfortunately, I uh, didn't get a chance to finish my my thought. Uh, technical difficulties, but so so there is a small part of me that's saying that um, my man was sharing his feelings in his house, and um, you know, my next statement, which probably would have avoided the last fifteen minutes of conversation, is. You know, it, and I get why it's you know not illegal. It's an ethical thing that hurts the NBA's um, bottom line. I get that. That's why he has to go. But I think what we will see is when it's time for these owners to start voting, this whole bones in the closet, skeletons in the closet things gonna come to the forefront, and you're gonna have some cats that are going to be very uncomfortable voting out Sterling. Um, I think the NBA will still get their majority. I think that's a big reason why um, Silver came down as hard as he did. You know, I mean, it's, it's just like House of Cards. You're going to whip them votes up and know where you're at before you make a statement. And so I'm, right, I'm right. sure that he knew that he was going to have that 75% or whatever that cutoff is that he needs. But – I think it's going to be five or six cats, you know, and that are going to be very uncomfortable, perhaps like Cuban, you know, and and Cuban hasn't said it, but I think that's what Kevin Cuban has kind of put his toe in the water, like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to vote him out. And I think that's the one piece of the story, along with, and I've been joking with you guys, I think Magic Johnson is a bit too uh, involved in this story. Um, whether it's on <laughs> whether it's a tampering piece, you know, or whether it's you know he trying to finagle to get this team, or if it's something to do with this young lady, I'll just put it out there. Um, you know, those are the two things about this story that I feel like there's more to kind of come out because of these owners, they know they got a lot of dirt in their closet, and Sterling, I believe he has the most. Uh, seniority in regards of all of the owners in the, in the NBA, and they do pretty extensive background checks, man, before these cats get approved to buy a franchise. I mean, that's why you'll never see, you know, a cat who's fighting T.I., you know, in the club or, or the restaurant, wherever it's at, like Floyd Mayweather ever buying an NBA franchise. I mean, these cats get vetted big time. You know, and Sterling, man, Sterling knows a lot of dirt on these people. He may be 80-something years old. He may be losing it. But my man got a notebook. He got a notebook somewhere. Uh, and like, like D-Will said, D-Will said last night over text, you know, uh, which I'm still laughing about. He's like, does Roy Hibbert have pictures on Vogel? Why is Vogel still playing this guy? Man, Donald Sterling, Donald Sterling has some dirt and pictures on people. And I think, I think once you bring in this morality piece to it, because that's what it is, it's a morality piece, I think there's going to be a handful of owners that are going to feel uncomfortable um, and uncomfortable to the point where they're either, you know, not going to vote or they're going to vote um, to keep him. Um, I mean, I, I think we're getting set up for that. And then that has the ripple effect that you all were just talking about. You know, Hank brought up a good point. If you work for the, the Clippers, you're a player or somebody in the front office, what do you do moving forward? I think once you have people 
that come out like Cuban May in a few months, you know, what do the MAV players do? If another owner comes out and doesn't vote for it, that's the piece that the NBA is scared of. And yeah, I agree. I mean, that's a ripple effect that's going to start at the organizational level, start at the player level, but then it's going to go to the societal level. You know, I mean, say say that happens. Now you got folks in Dallas, you know, one of the biggest cities in the country, just torn about this. It's, I mean, this has a large-scale impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's why, and, and because of that, I think, you know, I think I think you're right. Owners are going to be uncomfortable. But, again, these are billionaires, and billionaires are about business first and foremost, ethics second, and I think they're going to still vote to out you. I think it will be a 29-0 vote in the end. I think some people will do it with trepidation for sure, but I think they're going to vote. 29-0, just so they don't even have those issues afterwards. You know, yeah. I think the vote's going to go, because they don't want to be, they don't, one, they don't want the vote to happen to come public, which you can't keep nothing private in 2014, um, ask Donald no. Trump. Um, no. You know what I mean? And so they don't, they definitely don't want it to come out. And then I think you're right. That's DEFCON 3 for the NBA. Um, because if this stuff does come out, and you push these players, because people already want players and athletes to be more socially conscious, you push these yeah. cats, and, you know, LeBron is waiting on – look, I, I got to get props to LeBron. He's waiting on the moment. Yeah. He wants right. to have a moment. You know what I'm saying? He wants to have a moment to really show that, that he gets it. And so if they push that, you know, if they push him, he's going to go and everybody's going to follow. And, I agree. you know, they, they, the league will be in trouble when that happens. Mike was different. <laughs> LeBron wants to, again, LeBron is trying to separate himself from Mike in, in any way possible, right? And so if he can be the dude that – this is where he can one-up Mike. This is the only place where he can really get Mike. <laughs> it's to be like, I stood up, you wouldn't have. I want to hear it. I'm better than you. <laughs> so, you know, that that's going to happen. But I would like to see Donald Sterling show up because, you know, old people – Old folks always got a manila folder with some stuff in it. <laughs> and I guarantee you, right. Donald Sterling got a manila folder <laughs> right. with some right. stuff in it. <laughs> and he goes, just, he just, and, and you know what he's going to do because he's 80 and he don't quite get how stuff works? He's going to come in the meeting and just throw it on the table. <laughs> and we'll be back. <laughs> That'd be interesting. I, I'd be, I'd, I'd be intrigued for sure. I'd definitely be intrigued to see 
but what pops out, you know. And again, it's gonna be stuff that people don't. It's gonna be crimes that you don't even understand, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be scandals <laughs> that it's like he embezzled, you know, seven million dollars from an IPO. You know, what I'm saying? I don't I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, it sounds horrible, but I really don't know how to feel about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> In the end, I don't really know how to feel about that. Do you feel me? So I'm sure, I'm sure there is some scandalous stuff um, that all of you, you don't get that far in life without really having stepped on some toes here or there, um, or done some done some things that maybe you shouldn't have done. What about what about you some names and some points and stuff like that? You think that might come out in some of this? You know, owners saying, "Okay, hey, man. Uh, hey, I'm telling you, we we saw some hey. we saw some crossbursts. You never know." I tell you what, I tell you what, I don't know if y'all seen it. Oh, what's the commercial? It's it's, it's a commercial. It's, it's a commercial on TV. Oh, you've probably seen it. It's a wife. I don't know what, I can't remember what company it is offhand, but it's a wife. She's sitting there in front of her husband, and he's on. A, he's hooked up to a lie detector, right? And they're like, you can ask him anything. And he asked, she asked him, you think my sister's pretty than me? And dude just starts unplugging the whole machine. <laughs> he just starts pulling out all the cords. He's unplugging stuff that he don't even know. He's just pulling out cords and yanking stuff out. That's what will happen. Yeah. Adam Silver is just going to start pulling cords out. Ain't going to be a TV telecast nowhere. <laughs> the Internet will be broke. <laughs> you go on the NBA web, web page, it's going to be out of service. I'm Adam Silver is just going to be yanking stuff out now. Talk about this, you know what I'm saying? Right before the announcement gets dropped, every the screen just don't. You gonna see them uh, colored bars you used to get back in the day, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly. You gonna get that? You gonna get that emergency broadcast? You know? You gonna get the? <laughs> 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 man, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're listening to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RNC, Renegade Radio. We are just finishing up the funky editorial. Uh, we just gave you uh, about 50 minutes straight of just good stuff <laughs> on Mark Cuban, Donald Sterling, and the NBA. Um, you know, I'm, we go, we go, we gonna get into our dog of the week. So let's do that. Let's pay some bills. Um, shout out to my man LR. We're going to get into the dog of the week, and then we're going to come back and talk some NBA hoops playoffs um, right after these messages. Now we're going to get into our Resistance Digital dog of the week. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upstate technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So what did the real sports guys do? We contact the Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. All right, fellas. We are in the midst of the Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to start with you, my man, PhD. Give me your dog of the week. You know how it goes. We need more dogs. My dog of the week is Chris Bosch. He balled out yesterday, and he needs to be aggressive 
like he was in game three, I'm sorry, game four against the Pacers yesterday. He was attacking the basket. Now, forget about the perimeter shots. He started out hot and began the game. What impressed me more was taking the ball to the rack. Now, this is a guy, if you look at his last four seasons, five seasons in Toronto, he was in the top ten of free throw attempts. 8.3, 8.6, 8.3, 8.6, 8 free throws a game, 8 free throws a game. 2010 is last year, 8 free th- throws a game. If you look at the last four seasons in Miami, he went from 6 to 5 to 4 to only 3 free throw ga- uh, shots per game this season. He needs to be more right. aggressive. If he, gets, if he gets to the line 7 to 8 times in the next 6 you know, six to ten games, they will win the third straight championship. If he does not, I don't think they can win. Mm. Mm. Definitive. Has some numbers to back it up. I like that dog of the week. Uh, hey, give me your dog of the week, man. We need more dogs. You know what? Listen, we done spent the uh, majority of the show talking about the NBA, and I'm on the show tonight. So, listen. I would be remiss if I didn't come on here and talk a little bit about some baseball. That's right, baseball. <laughs> so my dog of the week has got to be somebody from the major league. So here goes. Uh, my dog of the week is pitcher Josh Beckett of the Los Angeles Dodgers, who threw the first no-hitter of the 2014 season against the Philadelphia mm. Phillies. He only walked three batters and struck out six over nine innings. You know, Josh Beckett was brought to be dead. You know, he, they, he was just uh, throwing in. At that big trade between the Boston Red Sox and the Dodgers a couple of years ago. But lo and behold, here he is back again and throws the first no-hitter. There you go, my man, Josh Beckett, dog of the week. I love it. And, you know, I was saving, you know, I was hoping we would get to talk about the cat. Uh, Ryu? You know, back in my day, we called that dude Ryu. It was a cat on a video <laughs> game named Ryu. Spelt it exactly the same. And he used to throw fireballs just like I'm this. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to hear that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to respond to that. What was that? I, I don't know what the hell was going on. From a video game, man. It's from a video game. You probably didn't play no video games, hey. <laughs> I, 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 I thought my girl had got pissed off, man. I ducked. I'm like, what's coming? <laughs> hey, duck. <laughs> And <laughs> shout out to Ray, man. We gotta get that cat back on. Um, okay, I will. I will give my uh, dog of the week. Uh, let me go ahead and get the sound. We need more dogs. Outside the box, I'm gonna go with uh, this kid Johnny Football. You know, I'm not a fan of him as a football player, but he took a recent picture. Um, with a lot of beautiful people, um, a lot of good-looking folks. Um, he did something that a lot of normal people did this weekend. He had a party for Boyle's Day. Wow. That's crazy. Right. Um, you know, that, I don't believe it. <laughs> Who does that? You know what I mean? So, Johnny Football, my dog of the week, because the kid's still being himself. Um, despite all of the stuff that, you know, is going on, he's still being himself. Uh, he's still uh, being true to who he is. But on the, on the flip side of that, he's also – so far, doing the right things as far as football goes. You know, I think the media needs to back off the cap for a little bit. You know, he had a party. He posted a picture on Instagram. What 21-year-old doesn't? You know, 
You know, you got kids. I, and I hate these people. You get on my nerves. Stop posting pictures of your food. <laughs> I can't eat it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody go to a restaurant, they want to post a picture on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, whatever. Whatever your social media choice is, they want to post a picture like, I can eat that. Like, thanks for rubbing it in my face. I got, you know, a Hungry Man entree and you eating some gourmet steak or something, you know, some buttered lobster tail or something like that. Appreciate appreciate you rubbing it in my face. Um, but nonetheless, I digress a bit. Um, Johnny Football is my dog of the week. Um, we going to keep this thing rolling and, and get back into it. Uh, fellas, Again, you listen to the Real Sports Guys, Real Sports Guys, RSG, Renegade Radio, brought to you by Resistance Digital. All guests and hosts tonight will appear via the Fredericton County hotline, Fredericton County. Make sure you check out our folks at Fredericton County, the official account of, of RSG. They will support, they will give you a comprehensive plan to support your business and personal accounting needs. Uh, and tell them that the Real Sports Guys sent you. All right? So, fellas, let's talk about, these two series we got going on, all right? Indiana and Miami. Let's start there. You know, as, as Brother Jay of X-Clan once said, I brought to the East. So we will start in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> and, um, you know, the Heat are up 3-1 on the uh, Indiana Pacers, and it's pretty much looking like a done deal. Uh, your dog of the week, PAC, Chris Bosch, came up big last night. Um Hit some big time shots. Uh, some some Pacers went AWOL, went missing. Uh, Roy Hibbert, uh, Lance Stevenson, and that's where I kind of want to start this 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 conversation. Is Lance Stevenson <laughs> prior to prior to Game Four? Lance Stevenson came out and said that he saw LeBron's comments uh, or LeBron's trash talking towards him as a sign of weakness. What? Um, I will, yeah, I will um, quote uh, Sean Jay-Z Carter, um, don't bark up that tree, that tree might fall on you, all right? <laughs> um, that's a line from one of, one of Jay-Z's uh, famous battle raps, The Takeover. Um, and basically, it's a warning to any would-be challengers, you know, dog, don't bark up that tree, that tree will fall on you. And... You know, I know that Lance Stevenson is a New York guy. He's a Brooklyn, Coney Island, street, rucker, bread kind of cat. And that comes with the territory with guys like that. You got you to gotta trash talk. But there's another piece of that whole equation of, you know, calling people out and bringing your A game and being in people's faces that you got to show up and play too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you can call out LeBron. You know, and, you know, I've heard some sound bites today of, of Lance Stevenson saying that, well, LeBron showed up. Yeah, he did. The promise you didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you called him out. Now you got to play. You know what I'm saying? He ain't got to respond to you if he don't want to. But you need to, you opened your mouth. You need to step up. And so I'm calling for a, a revocation of um, Lance Stevenson's hood pass. Um, that, 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 that doesn't fly in the streets. Right? That does not fly in the streets. You can't call somebody out and then you don't score your first field goal into the fourth quarter of a blowout game. Right? That, that just that doesn't work. That's, a, that's not a part of the street ball code. Right? You try to be a tough guy, that does not fit in the tough guy code at all. If you're going to call somebody out, you better go 
all out for 48 minutes. I'm talking run through brick walls, smash, dunk, shoot threes, you know, all of that. You better bring your A game. He brought his F game. So what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts on Lance Stevenson, uh, PhD? Well, my first thought was this is exactly what happened with Deshaun Stevenson um, about six or seven, eight years ago when this whole – you know, the whole soldier boy. Well, LeBron said, listen, I'm Jay-Z. This cat is soldier boy. I'm I'm not even going to entertain this. And where is Deshaun Stevenson now? Yeah, I'll wait. So Lance, you know, when you're in the ring, you want to take a shot. But it's best to take those shots on the court. When you try to do it to the media, you just don't have the credibility. You know, you 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 just don't have it. And like you said, Marcus, <laughs> this cat did not show up. So the Pacers remind me of the Atlanta Hawks teams of the late 80s, the mid to late 80s, where they had all this talent. Right. Dominique, uh, Tree Rollins, uh, young Doc Rivers, um, Battle. I, I mean, they had a deep team. And they would win 50, you know, 55 games a year. They would push the Pistons and the Bulls in the Central Conference. But you know what? Come playoff time, you knew they were going to self-destruct. You just knew they were going to self-destruct. And it's one of those things where you just kind of just wait for them to hurt themselves. And that's what we're seeing with the Pacers. So I feel like they have the ability to make a turn, kind of like the Pistons did against the Celtics back in the 80s, and then the Bulls did against the Pistons, where they had to do some growing up, but they eventually got it. And to me, it centers on Paul George. It centers on Lance Stevenson or bringing in somebody that can be that number two scorer behind George. So to me, this series is over. But it got the Heat's attention. And I think that's the best thing that could have happened for the Heat. The next best thing is for them to close these guys out after game five because D-Wade is, is being held together with gum, spit, tape, and, and whatever else. Um, and so an, an extra two or three or four days of rest where the Spurs probably won't get that is going to be very helpful come the finals. All right, so we got to wait for the game changer to come back in. Uh, Hank, what are your thoughts on the series in the East between the Pacers and the Heat? Well, what I've seen so far is, you know, the the Heat is, you know, all sizzle. I'm not, I'm excuse me, the uh, the Pacers is all sizzle and no steak. I mean, <laughs> what I've seen is I've seen where they've just, you know, they start off. And, you know, it, it looks like, okay, they're going to make a series out of it, and then soon as the game gets to crunch time or get close to crunch time, you can just see the little sphincter start to tighten right up, you know, and, mm-hmm. they, and they go away quietly. You know, first of all, I believe that they've got a lot of problems on their team. You know, uh, for as talented as they are, 
you know, uh, the, the Atlanta Hawks um, comparison is a very good one. That's a solid comparison. But unfortunately, you know, I just don't think this team is as tough as those Hawks teams were. You know, and Roy Hibbert is just, I don't know what happened to that young man. It's pathetic, you know, what he's done. But I, I believe that the series is over. The one thing the Heat has shown is that they have the heart of a champion. They don't panic. They, they let the game go, and when it's time to turn it on, they turn it on. Um, it's going to be very difficult for any. I think they're going to win the third in a row simply because I believe that now, or no, we're talking about the East, but I believe that OKC is going to push the Spurs. You know, and um, but if Westbrook keeps lighting it up like he is, you know, it may not be the Spurs. So, game changer, I'm yeah. gonna bring you back in on this one. Um, Appreciate it. Appreciate if, it. If LeBron wins the third, we have a storm out here, so um, you know, deception and those kind of things are a little bit uh, uh iffy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. As Hubie Brown would say, it's a little iffy, Mike. So, game changer, let me ask you. If LeBron wins his third chip, where do we put him at in terms of the all-time players? Well, he's, he's easily in the top ten. Easily in the top ten. Um, we had this conversation last night, and, you know, it was prompted by Mark Jackson making a statement that in his all-time starting – sorry, that's small full. Um, and, you know, it didn't take me long to reflect on that and say hey, – even if you count Larry Bird as a small forward, um, I'll listen, but I'm probably still taking LeBron because defensively, this dude is just at another level defensively. I mean, this is this is probably, other than maybe Akeem, this is probably the f- second dude I've seen in my 30-some years on this planet and my 20-some years of watching basketball that can guard all five spots Yeah, for extended periods of time. Um, I think Akeem could have done it because um, he just had a, he he was just an athletic freak and had the foot speed and the foot quickness to be all over the court and guard many different kinds of guys. Um, LeBron just has the strength and quickness, explosiveness combination that we have never seen. I mean, we have never seen anything like this. Um, and he is definitely in that conversation. And we talked about the little. We always talk about the little room on RSG. You know, there's that top ten, but within that top ten, there's another, like, subsection of that top ten where the elite of the elite go. You know, there's the VIP room, and then within the VIP room, there's a little room off to the side where, you know, you got to knock three times, get have a special pass, you know what I'm saying, to get in. And LeBron is bamming, I mean, double fist bamming on the door to that little room. In my little room, I got Mike, I got uh, Bird, I got Magic, I got Wilt, I got Kareem, and I got Duncan. Those are the cats in my little room. LeBron is about to go into that little room. Um, and he's in the VIP, which is the top ten. He's in the VIP room, for sure. He's in there. There's no doubt. And, again, you know, when you talk about his combination, if you go at him, if you talk, if you, if you want to, let's say you want to say Larry Bird is a small forward, and let's have this hypothetical debate, right? Larry's career numbers are actually very surprising. Um, career, Larry is close to 24 points a game, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, which is and great shooting. Again, the thing that I think separates Larry and LeBron 
is LeBron. I mean, defensively. I mean, if you really if you really want to get to get get my five, I got Magic at the point. So I got my six nine point guard, right? And then I'm putting him on the small forward of the other team. I got my two guard is Mike. He can take the the point guard on the other team. My three man is LeBron. He can guard the other teams too, even though he's six nine two fifty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then my power forward, you know, I'm a I'm a, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Duncan, you know, as my power forward. And then my center, you know, I'm gonna take Will uh, just for the icing on the cake. I could, I, you know, I might take Russell because Russell don't need the ball. You know what I mean? But that's my starting five right there. You know, you're getting it from all angles. You know, I got a physical beast, you know, in, in the middle. I got, you know, a physical beast, two beasts on the wing, and Mike and LeBron shutting down everything. You know, I got I got Magic, you know, a 6'9 point guard, you know, and then I got Tim Duncan, you know. Great, great, great pick and roll player. So him and Magic, you got two six foot ten dudes trying to pick and roll. <laughs> Deal with that, all right? So I think he's right. definitely in that category. And I think, you know, one point you brought up is the evolution of his face up game. I want you to talk about that a little bit and how you know we've been talking about Paul George and Hank brought up the point when the crunch time comes, the Pacers just. They tighten up, and the reason I think they tighten up is because Paul George really isn't ready for crunch time yet. No. He yeah. still has another level to go to, um, and this is a turning point for him. Either he's going to figure it out um, after this series and come back next year with some stuff. You know, I always talk about uh, Paul Pierce and how Pierce, you know, he's the type of cat you ask him as a point guard, as a guard, yo, where you like to get the ball? And he said, oh, anywhere. And I got a lot of stuff in my hair. You know, I, I got a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got, I got a lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I can get it anywhere. You know, that's the kind of cat Paul Pierce is. You give him the ball at the elbow, the skinny post, you know what I'm saying, on the baseline, you know, at the, at the, at the key. You know, you can get him the ball in a lot of different places, and he's got something. No, he's got something. He's got a series of things that he's going to work you through to get his shot off from that particular spot on the floor. Paul George right. doesn't have that yet. And LeBron is taking his game to another level because he has that. You know, one, he has the most indefensible, you know, he is, LeBron is Bo Jackson from Tecmo Bowl on the basketball court. <laughs> Jackson is dunked off of this dude. <laughs> I mean, he drives to the basket. It's the most indefensible play in basketball. Like, he gets going, and it's like, what are you going to do? Like, there were several times last night where he came down a lane and Indiana Pacer players full-out grabbed his brother. I mean, full-out grabbed him, and he just like, ran right through their arms. So, I, that's really – I want you to talk about that a little bit, PhD, because you have a real great perspective on his face, okay? Go ahead. So, when you look at LeBron's game, and, and I think three or four summers ago, we were all, me to a lesser extent, but we were all pretty critical – on his offensive arsenal for good reason. And I think we're to a point where we are so used to picking apart his game, we are missing the revolution right in front of us in terms of his game and how it has matured and developed on the offensive end. I don't think you can name more than one other guy, and we did this yesterday in terms of Oscar Robertson, who was as good as LeBron is right now when you – combine these three elements, 
playmaking, scoring, and defense. In my opinion, I think he's numero uno. And and I will say I can't go much beyond or before 1980. So guys like Elgin Baylor, I I will sit out those conversations. But the only guy I really will entertain there will be Oscar. So what we're seeing in LeBron is we're seeing a guy who – who is as close to Magic Johnson that we've seen, you know, in terms of playmaking. Um, Not better than Magic, but certainly as close as what we've seen. I think he's getting to the point where his face-up game, when you look at triple threat position, 15 to 18 feet, and, you know, I mean, you just don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to drive by you? Is he going to take, you know, know, a a pullback jumper? Is he going to – turn around and post you up, you just, I mean, there's nothing you can do with that right now. And I think that element of his offensive game is probably better than that element of Jordan's game. Now, I will give you that Jordan had four or five other moves that were better. You know, his turnaround jump shot, uh, driving a lane, you know, his fadeaway. But in terms of facing it up, I've seen LeBron, man. I I think LeBron is one of the top five mid-range shooters right now. Uh, like being defended in the game right now. And we couldn't say that as recent as last year or maybe even the year before. His offensive game is just a beast. And the thing about LeBron is you cannot send help to him consistently. And this is why I think he can dominate for another five or six years. If you send help to him, he will burn you because he will find the open shooter. And, and my man is happy to do that. So he has developed uh, an offensive game that I think we are starting to appreciate more of, but people are still being very critical. And, and you know, I mean, my man's been in the league for 11 years. We'll be lucky to get another five or six years at this level, very lucky. And I just don't want people to miss out on what you're seeing. With Jordan, we knew we were watching something special. You knew it. You knew it. I'm a Michigan kid. I hated the Bulls. I hated them, I hated them, but guess what? When the 90s came and the Pistons weren't relevant, man, the Bulls were must-see TV because you knew you were watching something special as a unit and as a player in Jordan. We are getting that right now with LeBron. You take LeBron off of the Heat, and the Heat are still a playoff team, but they're nowhere near a top-four seed. You put LeBron on any team in the NBA, any team in the NBA, he will make them a playoff team, maybe even a top four seed. We are seeing something so special in this guy. And, and, and circling back to my initial point, his face-up game is something that he did not have. And so it used to be he could only dominate on the offensive end if there was a mismatch. You know, small guy he'll take in the post, big guy he'll drive by. Man, he can still do that, and then he can still play guys that are – matched up to him well physically, well, as close as they can be, and still do him in any way from the wing, man. It, to me, he has become almost a technician, almost like in the, in the, uh, in the frame of a mailman, of a Elijah Wan. Not Elijah Wan, but close in terms of his footwork on the wing right now, man, where there's nothing you can do with this cat. There's nothing you can do with him. He does not have any clear weaknesses in his game. His jump shot is so clean right now where it used to be he was bailing you out. Now, I mean, pick your poison. I mean, how you want it, Jake? (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
said, well said. Again, I think you laid that out pretty well. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say. I mean, Brian is, is, I don't know, Hank, what's your opinion on LeBron right now? Where you at with this guy? I'll tell you right now, okay? You you can't deny his game. You can't deny the evolution of his game. But now, for the old schoolers, the old school uh, hoop, hooper uh, watchers, um, let's keep in mind that LeBron James left his team to go to the Heat. I will always argue this, that for him to be truly great and to be in that VIP room with the rest of those players, he's got to figure out a way to fly solo and win a championship. Now, I'm not saying that it's right, but Kobe did it. Michael Show did it. But LeBron, for, like I said, the casual fan to say, bailed when he could have built his own legacy. But regardless of what happens with the Miami Heat and how great he will end up being, that will always be D-Wade's team, okay? I don't care if you could only throw D-Wade's left, left wrist out on the court. That's still his team. So, you know, I think for the LeBron's legacy, you know, that would be the, the, the next best trick he would have to uh, perform. Before we shift to baseball, Hank, I, I've got a follow-up with you. I'm, you know, I'm the guy in the, in the press room in the White House. You know, I've got a follow-up to that one. What guy in the little room has won a championship without another top 50 player with him? I can't think of one. Well, I, I would argue that did that player make that other player a top 50 player, okay? Michael Jordan made Scottie Pippen a top 50 player. Magic, if you could say that Magic made James Worthy a top 50 player, even though he had one with Kareem, okay? But now, that you, I, I, so yeah, they top the 50 players, but they were made that way by those great players, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a, especially, okay, so when you look at, you know, Mike, yes, Mike and Scotty, they, together, yes, they were a great combo. You know, Mike never won them without Scotty, though. Mike got zero rings without Scotty. Zero. He's got zero. vice versa. <laughs> right, so I'm saying, they yeah. needed each other, Right. They needed each other because neither one of them did nothing as far as winning without the other. Um, you know, Magic and Worthy, again, ain't that one of them won one without the other one. So I think you, I think you can make guys, that argument. I, but but, but, but I, I think I, that when you look at those teams, when you look at those players, okay, when it got down to crunch, okay, you knew whose team it was, okay. Um, and I and you could say that the other players were top fifty, but I I I still have the argument: Would they have been top fifty? Now they didn't win nothing, but would they have been top fifty without the great player? And uh, that's a that's a compelling argument, I guess, for another time. I think we're splitting yeah, hairs, though. Yeah, because I think I think what makes them top fifty is they won championships. Would they have won championships if they wasn't playing with another great player? No. Would Magic have won as many championships if he wasn't playing with? Those guys, I don't know. You know what I mean? That's that's a, that, that's something that we'll have to see. What I can say is, is, no guy has really done it by himself. I think that's a myth. I think that's a myth that anybody has ever done it by himself. And I think, you know, you can go back into history and everybody has somebody. You know, because it's at the end of the day, it's still a team sport, and your five has to be better than the other team's five. That's- who 
did Kobe have after Shaq left? Nobody. That's why they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you had a championship after Shaq left? The Lakers was, don't get me started on Kobe. Don't get oh, me started on Kobe. Hey, I don't know if you've been listening. Yeah, hey. Oh, boy. Hey, I, I mean, I'm on, like, I'm on your side. We only got one, 10 hey. minutes left. Yeah, now, now Marcus will claim that, that Kobe, and I so strongly disagree, but Marcus will claim on those last two Lakers championships that Kobe was not the most important player to the team, that Odom and Gasol, the combination of them, and Bynum was. I strongly disagree, but I will say this, Hank. If you do not want an additional five gray hairs, just stop this conversation. Just stop this conversation. Because there's 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 zero bend in Marcus. There is zero bend in the game changer. So not on Kobe. Not on Kobe. <laughs> and, and, and this is and this is what I this is what I say about Kobe. Hey, this is what I say. There's a there's a period within a, a three to four year range after Shaq left and before Gasol got there, where Kobe could barely get out the first round of the playoffs. He was basically Carmelo Anthony. For about four years, and he was he wanted you remember he wanted out of L.A. because he didn't have any help. He wanted out of L.A. I won't even get into all the numbers and the other stuff I got on his argument. I'll just give you that example. There was a four, three or four year period after Shaq left before Gasol came, where Kobe couldn't get the Lakers out the first round. He couldn't. That, right. That's not me. That's not me. What are we going to do with that? Say what? He had himself a full bag of balls, and what are we going to do with that? They brought Paul Casale over there, then he won him a couple more championships, right? Hey, LeBron took Mo Williams, a team where Mo Williams was his second best player to the finals. They won 65 games. Well, now you don't want to get me started. Kobe couldn't get the Lakers past the seventh seed. LeBron won 65 games with Mo Williams as the second best player. I see now I messed up when I brought up his name. I apologize. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, sorry, I'm just saying. I'm sorry, Hank. Yeah, don't, don't, don't go there with Kobe, man. Don't go there with Kobe with me, man. Cause you got, it's you a got, point, but yeah. Lord have mercy. I apologize. I won't say nothing else about the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My bad, Hank. My bad. Kobe, Kobe that's the one, man. Oh, oh, yeah. Somebody <laughs> That's where the Rottweilers come out, man. That's where the Rottweilers come out. You know, I don't even I don't even got Kobe in my VIP room, so you know what I'm saying. That's just me, though. I know I got a different opinion on that guy than most people. So Tate, and, and, and Tate, PAC, Tate. PAC and D Wills know know enough about that to not go there. Hey, <laughs> I'm not going to go because he didn't tell me nothing. Tate, in quiet <laughs> moments, in quiet quiet moments. I can give him the bed. I mean, when I say quiet moments, I mean like ten minutes before we about to get married. You know, uh, in, you know, in the delivery room. I mean, in the real quiet moments when his defenses are down, it's like, hey man, that'll be pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, what did you say? What did you say? <laughs> in the real quiet moments, we can get him. I'm telling you. Yeah, nah, nah, that was cold, man. That was cold, man. I got, I got, I got hey, y'all know how Donald Sterling got one of them manila folders? I got a manila folder. 
I got a Manila photo of Kobe. Don't 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 do oh, me like that. Oh man. Y'all 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 y'all. Yeah, yeah, we gotta get this show over. I gotta get these. I gotta ice these bite marks on my neck. I'm telling y'all that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, I think we got a special announcement from Hank. We do. Oh, we do. Announcement from Hank. Well, we, well, we, well, of course we do. Well, you know, uh, like I said when I started, I missed you guys, and uh, you know. Uh, last year, we kind of, you know, weren't able to get it together with the with the baseball and the inside the park. Well, here and tonight, I am happy to announce that right after the All Star Game this year, 2014, that inside the park is back. I will be hosting wow. inside the park coming back for 2014. Hey, so I'm telling you, man, I'm excited. There's a lot been going on with baseball over the last year. I've been itching to talk about, been itching to understand folks' opinions about it. We got we got uh, instant replay. We got the Hall of Fame. We got all kind of stuff we want to talk about. I want to take the time right now that if RJ out there and he's listening, if Mike is out there and he's listening, come on back. Step in the baddest box, takes a few swings. We are coming back. Baseball inside the park is back on the RSG. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, came out like David Ruffin, trying to get the trying to get the group back together. He <laughs> <laughs> said, "He said, fellas, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. You ain't nothing without me." Oh <laughs> man, with uh. With uh, Sam Jackson and Bernie Mac. And, uh, was that Soul Man? Is that, was that what it was, Soul Man? Mm-hmm. Bernie Mac was like, hey, man, I'm trying to get the band back together. And <laughs> Sam was like, I'm about, to, I'm about to make a mistake. That's about as big as your back. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I, you yes, know, I will tell you this, man. Um, I love the chemistry that the three of you all, you, Mike, and RJ have, man. I, you know, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, ESPN, Fox, Dan Patrick, you name it. But I would tell you, man, Thursdays mornings, you know, when I'm driving to work, I would look forward to those Wednesday shows that would show up on my iPhone, man. There was just a certain chemistry and funness that you all had in regards to making baseball. It's cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, hearing y'all come back, man. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. You know, we enjoyed baseball as fans. You know, uh, the one thing I will say about my experience uh, doing the show is that, you know, you get you start doing a little bit more studying, do a little bit more homework, you know, get yourself a little bit more in tune with what's going on around the entire league instead of just following your own team. And it was fun to get, you know, different perspectives of that. So, you know, uh, we're going to take it back on again. You know, I'm going again, I'm going to be hosting the show. I know that uh, – RJ and Mike, you know, have got other commitments, but again, I'm I'm giving a shout out to those cats. Come on back out there, you know, uh, come swing with me. You know, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I know that a lot of folks are uh, looking forward to it. And I'm I, I for I as well. Yeah. Well, hey man, I'm glad to have you guys back in the fold. And as Phil T said, man. And you guys had a great tenor to what you did, and it's good to have that back. The folks, the people out there need that, the RSG folks, the fans, they need that. So we're glad to bring that bring you guys back. RJ, Mike, come on back, fellas. Let's do this reunion tour. Let's get the group back together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's, get them, let's get them back together. It's like one DMC coming back together. You know what I'm saying? Let's get everybody back, back on the mic. Let's get it going again. 
you know. So, fellas, we are in the midst of the show we call the XL Academics uh, Last Word. Let me get my copy up. Make sure my mic sound nice. Uh, we got the XL <laughs> Academics Last Word, changing the world one mentor at a time. Uh, Hank, we're going to give this one to you. You got the last two minutes of the show free to go wherever you want to go, brother. I'm going to put a little music underneath and go ahead and do what you do. All right. Well, let me just start by saying, you know, it's been just uh, great to be out here and uh, being able to talk a little bit of sports with these young cats and uh, to really get back into to just talking to the folks out there. I'm excited about being back with the show, and I'm absolutely excited about baseball and getting y'all back in tune with what that's all about. You know, uh, I leave tonight a little bit uh, wiser, but very much bruised. You know, I know that from now on, when I come on the show, where to go and where the hell not to go. <laughs> so you just, I will tell you right now that uh, we've got these that's very, very vicious to any potential uh, uh, guests out there. Be aware. Be afraid. Be very afraid. But I will tell you right now that when, if you can live through it, you've got a testimony. And that's all I have tonight for all you lovely people. <laughs> oh, oh, and that does it. That does it. That's a great way to end this edition of the Real Sports Guys. RealSportsGuys.com. RNG Renegade Radio brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions, Frederick County, XL Academics, and On the Rocks in Rockford, Illinois. We will catch you same time next week, 8.30 to 10. 90 minutes of funk, as we always do. Uh, PhD, D. Will, James, James, thank you guys. Guys, we, we rocked it. Another great show. Catch you next week. Listeners out there, y'all be well. Peace. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.